The Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to episode 59 of the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and today... Yes, I'm going to go ahead and break down all the action from USC 231. And we're going to go ahead and talk about Lomachenko, the boxing pound for pound number one, his return, and so much more on this episode of the podcast. But before I get to that, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. The Fight Podcast is currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Boom. All right. Man, great fights this weekend. I have to say. This was, in terms of USC 231, one of the fight cards that I have been most looking forward to all year. You have Max Holloway finally returning after, look, we talked about it a lot last episode. He's had a rough 2018, as the rest of us have, I think, as well. But definitely for him, somebody who was such an active champ. And Max is one of the most active champions we have had, especially in combat sports, shooting all the sports, man. He goes out there and he gets it done no matter who it is. And we're starting to notice, man, this dude is beating the who's who. And after this past performance, we have to really discuss where this dude rates pound for pound. I'll talk about that a little later on the show. But let's go ahead and jump into the main event. UFC 231 was headlined by the UFC 145-pound champ and pound-for-pound great Max Blessed Holloway. And he was fighting against the number one contender, the man, the myth, Brian Ortega, the the the, the hazel-eyed assassin, <laughs> T-City. So um, this fight was... For a lot of people, a pick em fight. It really was. People were looking at it. People thought that to the point that actually before this fight, and I know the day, the last episode that we had, episode 58, when we did our fight picks, I talked about it was pretty much even money and Max Holloway was actually the favorite at the time. Well, by the time the fight actually showed up, Max was the, for some strange reason, Max Holloway was the, um, 
was uh, the underdog in this match. But I digress. Let me go ahead and set the stage for you. This was a packed house, over 20,000 people standing on their feet in Toronto. This was, the, the atmosphere was electric. They were chanting both guys' names at different points in time in the fight. It was awesome, man. It was one of the moments, one of the feelings, you know, that you really get an opportunity to love MMA. Um especially after looking at an incredible, for instance, like that boxing match last week where we were able to like get the dope walkouts. You, you felt the energy in the building. And um, sometimes, and I'm not going to lie, especially in MMA over the last year, I feel like we haven't had that as regularly. But Toronto always shows up, especially when it seems like we have Max Holloway here. And it seems like this is actually the third December in a row that um, Toronto was actually headlined a card with Max Holloway somewhere in the vicinity of that card. So he was feeling comfortable. Max was jumping up and down all week, calling uh, Toronto the 10th Island and how, you know, he, he loves it there and how he won his belt there. So the atmosphere in the arena was hype. He was hype. Weigh-ins were on Friday night. Both fighters weighed in under the 145-pound limit. They were both 144 and some change. And they both look ready. And a lot of stuff was being made prior to the fight because of Max's health over the last year. He was sent to the hospital because of dehydration issues prior to this match, not this fight. I'm talking about the, the previous match that he had scheduled with Brian Ortega. And he also had some health issues with weight cutting um, when he was supposed to fight for the 155 pound championship against Khabib. So people were really concerned about that. And look, I'm going to be honest with everybody. Look, so I picked Max Holloway for many reasons that I'm going to break down and I'm going to pat myself on the back because, look, everybody was picking Brian Ortega. And were we a little bit being prisoners of the moment, folks? <sighs> yeah, because when we looked at it and remember breaking down the fight, one thing that we talked a lot about was Max Holloway's ability to pick the pace up as the fight goes on so one thing that I noticed is that over the last five fights that Max has had he from the first round he averages around 30 punches or 30 strikes landed the second round he doubles that the third round he doubles it again so what end up happening is the more exhausted you're getting, he is starting to pile it on and becoming more accurate. So in turn, I'm looking also at Brian Ortega, who is one of the most devastating grapplers I've ever seen. If he gets a hold of anything, you're in trouble. And look, Buddy's 14 and 0 and he has 14 finishes. He's finished Frankie Edgar. Dude is dangerous. So Part of me understands why people were so hype on Ortega. But man, we were just casting away Max Holloway like he was a bum. And it seemed like from the beginning of the fight, he wanted to make everybody know 
that he wasn't there for any games, Max Holloway tends to start fights off a little bit slow. And he really warms up. He's not as accurate, but right from the beginning of this fight, and look, I'm actually pulling up, and I actually love using Fight Metric. Fight Metric is actually what the um, UFC uses as well. That's uh, that's the 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 body that holds all the stats and everything. So let me go through this round by round. I'm gonna break down each round from the first round. Max, all of a sudden, he looked like from the beginning he was comfortable. He was already throwing his hands up and taunting Brian Ortega. Now, Ortega was game, but it seemed from the onset, uh, Max already had his timing, was catching him with jabs, was catching him with strikes, and was really, really clean. So he started the first round, Max Holloway ended up landing 40 out of 84 shots, 47%. Brian Ortega didn't have a, a, a terrible round, but he definitely took the worst of it. He wasn't getting any real clean shots. But one thing Brian did is that when he threw it, there was always a little bit of danger involved. And you always can tell right from the beginning that, yo, he can land something. So you saw Max doing what I expected him to do. And it seemed like he was testing Everything that he, he was doing, he would throw a punch out. He'd, he'd see how Brian would react to it. And he did that consistently with punches. He did that with kicks. He did that with teep up the middle. He did it with knee. And anytime Brian actually came forward, he did an amazing job of separating and also stopping the takedown D. Now, right from the beginning, Brian actually did get a takedown in this fight. Which I was shocked, especially because Brian Ortega only averages 14% takedown accuracy. And um, Max Holloway's 93% takedown defense. So I was like, ain't no way in hell he's going to get taken down. But I can't take anything away from him. He was able to get, you know, win some transitions. And he ended up being able to get uh, uh, Holloway on the ground at some point in time during the fight. But it didn't look like it was helping. Second round, man, more of the same. And just like I anticipated, yo, Max continued pouring it on, man. So Max in the second round, check this out. He lands 66 out of 126 strikes in the second round. So already, this dude is already doubling his punch output. And it, when, with him doing that, he's forcing Brian Ortega to fight at a pace that he wasn't ready for. And one thing that I don't think he was re really wanted to do. Now, again, Brian made it interesting at certain points, especially, look, I'm just going to go through it really quick, especially in the third round. There was a point in time with about four minutes of the, the third round to about three minutes and 15 seconds. So it was about a solid 45 seconds of the round where Brian Ortega was really starting to push forward. He landed a couple solid strikes. He popped uh, Max Holloway's head back a couple times, but Max Holloway, after that three minute mark, regained control. And one thing that we talked about a lot, and I think this wasn't made enough of, is that Max Holloway is, dude, he's a master of distance control. No matter what Brian Ortega did, he was always a step behind. Anytime he moved forward, Max was able to step out of the way and then throw a combination. And one thing that Max does that a lot of other fighters don't do, 
is that he doubles, triples, quadruples, quintuples, whatever you want to say, man. He just keeps building and building and building. And anytime you go ahead and you want to throw a combination of one, two, three shots, which most fighters are accustomed to, especially when you're practicing, you'll throw the, the one, two, three, the three twos and stuff. Well, Max is throwing just a barrage of punches and the angles that he's actually shooting from aren't what you're accustomed to. Well, most people are actually ready for, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right. Max will throw from the same place with his footwork. He'll throw left, 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 left kick, right hand, right hand, left. He keeps you off balance. You can't ever really anticipate what he's going to do. And not to mention, yo, his takedown D again is incredible. So going through the numbers again, third round is where Brian Ortega had his best luck and he had his best round. Can I say that he actually won that round? Man, no, hell no. But he had a little bit of success where I can see he felt a little bit more comfortable. Now, this is where it gets interesting for those who didn't see the fight. Max Holloway, and they'd be going into the fourth round, walks over to Joe Rogan and the rest of the commentary uh, team and says, I'm going to finish him in this round. Goes out there and starts doing work. Max Holloway has his best round of the fight. He ends up landing, get this, 134 out of 196 strikes. 68%, fam. He beat Brian Ortega to a pulp in that round. Um, Brian Ortega only landed 20 out of 54 shots in that round himself, but he was just overwhelmed, overwhelmed, outgunned, outmatched. Um, after the, at the end of that round, the doctors came in, stopped the fight. Uh, Brian Ortega had a huge, huge swollen eye. His nose ended up being broken. His thumb was also broken in this fight. Um, and he, he, the referee realistically could have stopped the fight at any point in time in that fourth round. I'm glad the doctors actually went in there and actually stopped it. Brian Ortega has a lot of fight left in him. He's a young dude. He's only 27 years old. He's rightfully gotten himself to be the number one ranked fighter in that division. But yo... There's levels to the game, man. Max Holloway just goes out there and proves that he's not just one, not two, but like six steps above everybody else in that division. So afterwards, the, the question was posed, is Max Holloway the greatest of all time at 145 pounds? He still gives it to Jose Aldo Jr., who Max Holloway's beat twice. And the only question is, okay, you have Jose Aldo, you got Conor McGregor, and you have Max Holloway. If I go through and actually look at who fought the more challenging people throughout their career, who's been through the ringer and who's done the most, yo, you got to give it to Max Holloway. You have to give it to Max Holloway. It's not even close. Max Holloway is the GOAT at 145 pounds, and he's only 27 years old, man. He's only 27, 
And he just turned 427. He turned 27 on the 4th. On Jay-Z's birthday. Guess Jay's right. Real ones just multiply, man. That's the day. Because Max is absolutely a real one. He is continually showing why he's the best. He, he can do it all. You can't take him down. If you take him down, he's going to get right back up. And at one point in time, I thought he was actually going to submit Brian Ortega. He beat up Brian Ortega so bad on his feet, Brian Ortega started shooting in. And the only reason that he didn't wrap the guillotine up was because his quarter told him not to. Max Holloway has an uncanny ability of knowing when his opponents are starting to slow down, and that's when he picks it up. So what's next for Max Holloway? We, I mean, obviously, he's destroyed this division. He really has. 12-fight winning, 13-fight winning streak. He's tied right now with George St. Pierre and Demetrius Johnson for the second most um, wins in a row in UFC history. The only person he's behind is Anderson Silva with 16. So what's going to happen next? It seems like Dana White doesn't want to see him at, at 145 pounds anymore. It sounds like Dana's like, nah, it's time for you to move up to the big boys and fight at 155 pounds. I'm, re- I'm down for it. I'm all about it. I think we all are. I think Max Holloway is ready for the challenge at 155 pounds. I think that we can actually legitimately put him right into a title shot right away. Now, does it make it messy at 145 pounds or 155 pounds? Yes. But what the UFC needs to do is stop playing around, clean the division up. You're already getting rid of the men's 125 pound division, the flyweight division. Let's add this 145-pound division. Let some of the top dogs at 155 pounds who are more tweeners, the Kevin Lees, the Dustin Poyers, those guys, let them go up to 165 pounds. You clean the division up a little bit. Max goes in here, and then you let Max fight the winner of Khabib and, um, and Tony Ferguson. It, for his first fight. He gets somebody at the top or or you introduce him to the 155 pound division. Let him have a rematch. He hasn't lost in five years. His last loss was against Conor McGregor. Only his, I think, his second fight, third fight in the UFC. When he was still green. And look, people say this a lot and I've been seeing this a lot on social media also. Oh, what I was saying is I want to make sure I want to see Max Holloway fight Conor McGregor. And um, and I think that would be a great fight. I think you can sell that fight. Not only do I think you can sell that fight, I think you're going to have like all the fanfare. You're going to have the best trash talking and you can headline that anywhere. Everybody wants to see that Conor McGregor. Now, do I think he'll take it? Mm, probably not. And I've also seen this online. I've seen it a lot because we all know Conor McGregor has people that really love him. He has stands. He legitimately has stands. And look, power, like in the cage, in the squared circle, in the octagon, whatever you want to call it, 
Conor McGregor, when he is focused and he is at his best, is one of the most entertaining fighters of all time. I love his style. I love what he does. I love when he was out there blowing through Dennis Seaver, knocking out Jose Aldo in one shot. When he was that Conor McGregor, that is the Conor McGregor that I love and that I was a huge fan of. I'm not a huge fan of the Conor post-Floyd because I don't think that he wants it the same way. Look, how could you? He's out there, you know, sleeping in silk sheets. He made over 100 milli. And not only did he do that, I mean, look, Proper 12 is doing fantastic. So will he be willing to take a fight against a hungry, a dog in Max Holloway? Honestly, I don't see it. But he surprised me before. So I think this is what you do. UFC, you have Tony Ferguson fight Khabib. And on the very next card, you have Conor McGregor fight uh, Max Holloway in a rematch. That is the last fight. That was five years ago. And that's the last loss that Max Holloway's had. Um, It is not the same. You see uh, Chael Sonnen uh, tweeted how good this makes me wonder how good Conor McGregor really is. You can't say that. That's five years later. Both fighters are such different fighters. And not to mention both fighters in that fight were actually injured. So we really can just throw that fight to the side, in my opinion, and let them go out there and actually do work now. That's what I would want to see. I think that's what we all should want to see, man. So um, it was a great fight all in all. Um, I loved it. Max Holloway uh, gets his W. He gets a finish. Um, he broke all of the records. He broke the significant strike records in a, in a fight. He ended up landing total strikes, 307 strikes in a round in the uh, in the fight. Uh, he was he landed 307 out of 507. And then his significant strikes, he landed 290 significant strikes out of 490. That's ridiculous, man. He both of those are now UFC records. Um, Brian Ortega, what does Brian Ortega need to do? I would like to see Brian Ortega take a nice long break. Um, he's had a fantastic 2018. Actually, no, he hasn't. He had a great 2017. He actually was waiting for the fight, so he really hasn't done much this year. But, I mean, he grew in the fans' eyes. He grew in the media's eyes. And he will still be there. He's still the same guy. He's young. He's strong. Um, But after a beating like that, and don't get it twisted, he took an absolute mauling. He needs to take at least four to six months off. Um, Because if not, what will end up happening, if you let him get in there too quickly, I can see him taking another quick loss. And that's never good for somebody, especially when they're on the rise, man. Save your prospects, man. Save your stars. Um, Dustin, uh, shall I say, Brian Ortega is a star in the making. And honestly, we cannot, and we should not go out there and actually, you know, diminish our stars, especially after one loss, man. Let's not do that. All right. So the co-main event, Yo, was a fire one, man. Uh, we had uh, Valentin Shevchenko 
Um, honestly, man, I feel like she's finally getting the love that she deserves. Uh, going against one of my all-time favorites, Ioana Jacek. This fight was... Honestly, man, I feel like this fight played out just like a lot of people thought it was going to. Um, both women, actually, though, before I go into it, they both performed. Uh, I think Valentina started really strong. She is such a an amazing counterpuncher, and she is so powerful. Everything that she does was just it looked strong, it looked powerful, it looked dynamic. And I think that it really did sway the judges. And I'm not saying that the, the decision was uh, bad or not. And uh, just saying uh, Valentina Shevchenko wins a unanimous decision um, on all scorecards. Uh, she beats Ioana in a five-round decision. Now, it was a lot closer fight than I think a lot of people realize. I watched it again afterwards, and both women landed the exact same amount of shots. Valentina started off strong, but after the third round, she visibly slowed down. The difference is, is that I think Valentina's shots just had a little bit more on them. And the more that they, that the more that she had on them, people just took that into account more. She also had five takedowns in the event. So she was able to really dictate the pace with that. And everything that Joanna does well, Man, all it does is really accentuate what Valentina does even better. She is a patient fighter, and that is Valentina. And yo, every time Joanna marched forward, Valentina just set traps for her. She did the exact same thing that she did to Holly Holm, and that she did to so many others. She just waited for her to come in, and then she stuck her with the better shots. Great counter shots. And it's and honestly, any time that Joanna was able to get close, Valentina was able to show her physicality, bring her in close, and just take her down. I was able to go back and look at some of their kickboxing matches in the past. So look, now the all-time record between the two of them is Valentina four wins, Joanna zero. So all the fights were close, but if you actually go ahead and look at the kickboxing fights, they looked exactly, minus the takedowns, it was the exact same type of fight. I think this is just one of those cases of styles make fights. She just has her number, and I don't think that means that she's better than Joanna in any capacity, but they, she just matches up better for her. What's next for Valentina? I'm going to be honest with you. Whatever she wants. I don't think any woman at 125 pounds has a shot for a while. I think Valentina has an opportunity to be a long reigning champion and possibly beat that um, that record of seven title defenses that uh, Ronda Rossi currently holds. So I can 100% see that happening. I think it's five, not seven. It's five. My bad. So um, look at the shots, man. It was five takedowns. Significant strikes landed. Um, both had the same amount of significant strikes. All in all, it was a solid, a solid win for Valentina Shevchenko, man. Um, Joanna and Jacek is in a tough spot, man. She's in a really, really tough spot. She has two losses to the champion down at 115 pounds, which she believes she, she still won one of those. She says she wants to see what happens with uh, your, uh, your, um, with Rose Namajunas. 
against Jessica Andrade, who she has a win over Andrade. So obviously she's still in the title picture, but she needs a win, man. She's what one in three in her last four. And this is still one of the greatest champions. And here's the thing. People think about boxing where one loss messes up your entire career. That's not the case with kickboxing or MMA. Not at all. You can take a couple L's and then go on a run and still win a title. So I 100% see Joanna still being in the mix. Um, great, great all-around performance uh, by both women. I expect them to go ahead and fight at some point again. The next fight on the, the docket was uh was Gunnar Nelson. Gunny Nelson was making his uh day making his return against Alex Cowboy Oliveira. This was an entertaining fight. Both men go out there swinging from the beginning. Um, but Gunnar Nelson proves with his physicality, his new strength conditioning program, and he is just a, a better grappler than most. He is an incredible grappler. And once he actually gets a hold of you, he did some amazing things in this fight, man. He was able to go ahead and get Alex Oliveira, who is black belt in his own regard. He was able to get his back whenever he wanted it. Alex Oliveira is so physically strong, though. At one point in time, he was able to reverse position and land some nasty ground and pound. But Gunnar Nelson didn't see me to like he took that too kind. Ended up getting back on top, getting out and landing one of the nastiest elbows I've ever seen in my life, man. Look, I do not get queasy when it comes to blood. But once he sliced open, he was in a mount. So he's sitting on Alex Oliveira's chest. Gunnar Nelson throws a nasty elbow. Automatically, you can tell it cut Alex Oliveira right in the middle of his forehead, right in between his eyes. Alex Oliveira rolls over to his left side. Gunnar Nelson was able to take his back, automatically sink the hooks in, ended up getting um, a rear naked choke. And as he was squeezing, yo, just like a fountain, blood was squirting out. Uh, it looked like a na- like one of them old garbage horror movies, man. I've never seen anything like it. He had literally blood squirting out of his forehead. It was bananas. And um, he ended up getting the finish. Um, Gunnar Nelson went out there, had a submission right in the beginning of round two, rear naked choke. Um, great, great fight. Uh, really, really entertaining. All right. Um, really quick. Let me, let me blast through the rest of the, uh, the main card. So, um, we had Hakeem Dawadu went ahead and fight, uh, Kyle Bosniak. Kyle Bosniak's always super tough. Look, they said this fight was a split decision. Whomever gave the fight to Bosniak fam, you need to do better. We talk about judges a lot. Some of the judging in this is just ugly, man. So um, he has to do far, far better. Um, but Hakeem Kawadu cruises to an easy victory. Um, one of the most entertaining rounds in some change I've seen in a long time. Tiago Santos beats Jimmy Manoa by street fight. <laughs> this wasn't even an MMA fight, man. These two dudes went out here and just had a brawl. 
threw technique out the window. We're just throwing bombs at one another. Yes, I would say Tiago, uh, Jimmy Manuel is probably the more technical guy, but man, Tiago Santos, both men were hurt. Both men were dropped. Both men got back up. And um, it ended up finishing with a huge KO by uh, Tiago Santos, who looks like he found himself a good home here at the um, at the light heavyweight division. And man, it's about time, man. The light heavyweight division now finally looks like they might have something going. You have John Jones and Alexander Gustafson about to fight it again in the next two weeks. So that's going to move for the for the title. You have uh, what's it called? Anthony Smith doing work. You have Tiago Santos coming up. So if there are finally some up and coming blood. There's some new life in the light heavyweight division, man, that seemed like for the longest it was the land of the dinosaurs. And even though, and I, I, I wish I could put Tyson Pedro in that mix, we still have some of the old Wiley Vets, man. Um, Shogun Hua is still holding it down, um, especially after his huge win against um, Tyson Pedro, man. So. But, yo, before I continue breaking this, uh, these events down, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate and share all right so uh really quick just blast through the rest of this uh claudia gadelia took a loss uh nina Ansaroff, man hey five wins in a row now she's starting to make uh make some moves uh really good job by her gilbert burns beat um oliver alban mercier Great fight. Gilbert Burns continues showing, man, his development and his stand-up. And um, all in all, man, he's great, man. But look, great fight card all around. Um, a lot of action. And uh it man, it was just fun to watch. So Max Holloway is somebody that we have to consider, man, and talk about in the one of the if he continues at this pace. Hey, what the hell is that? Pace. <laughs> when he continues at this pace, um, you have to consider him as the one of the greatest pound for pound fighters of all time, and not just one of the uh, greatest pound for pound today. So, um, great fights by all of them. Um, also, this weekend we had the matchup between um, Vasily Lomachenko. Vasily Lomachenko goes out and has a, a tough, tough uh, a fight this past weekend, but still gets the W against a really, really tough opponent. Um, in the 11th round, he got a 12-round decision, but in the 11th round, he ends up dropping his opponent twice. And man, this dude is a machine. I've never seen anybody... The way that he... He adds footwork, head movement. His defense is 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 ridiculous, man. Um, he did take some shots. He did have a tough fight, but I cannot wait to see him in the future fight Javante Davis, who's been chirping. Um, I would like him seeing uh, see him fight Mikey uh, Garcia. There's a lot of guys out there in the future that um, Vasily Lomachenko can do. He's unified the belts again. 
Dude's incredible, man. He only has 16 fights in his record, and he's already a, a three-time weight class, multiple-time world champion. Dude is one of the greatest to ever do it. So um, salute to him and uh, everybody else in his camp involved with that. All right. So with all the fights this weekend, man, I want to break this down. I want to see who are really this week's winners and losers of the weekend so let's just go ahead and jump into this week's winners and losers of the week so obviously everybody that i've been talking about and uh, we have to give the first winner to the blessed one man max blessed holloway goes out gets his gets a fourth round finish dr stoppage and um yo what did max have to say after this fight dropping energy drop every round every round I, I heard his coaches talking you know in the first couple rounds and he'd push and then you know around like the third round and stuff i heard his coaches talking and there's no push anymore you know and, and then and, and when i was coming out of the third round i told joe this is the round get ready to come in That's and talk crazy. to me and then uh when when i didn't get the finish i walked straight to joe and i was like ah this close maybe next one and then when they called the fight, I jumped the cage. The first guy I talked to was Joe. I was like, hey, I guess I was right. I take it back. We was there. Congrats. I just felt his energy dropping, energy dropping everywhere. So he felt from the beginning, he already knew that Buddy's energy was dropping throughout, uh, throughout the fight. So how does the boss feel about Max Holloway and what he should be doing next? Let's go up. Where's that leaf featherweight? Because you already had this, uh, you know, Connor was the champion and he vacated, moved up. Max kind of rebuilt the championship scene there, went on this run, and then you'd kind of be taking that champion out of the division again and have to rebuild. Is that something that's just part of the process? Yeah, it happens. It happens. I want what's right for Max. You know what I mean? What's right for Max might not necessarily be what's right for the division, but we'll figure that out. I, I think that after his last issues, um, I, I think it would it would be better for him physically and every other way to move up to 55 pounds. You know, yeah. he has not said one word to me, so we'll see how he feels about that. He and I will talk about it, and we'll go from there. But you know, if Max does go up, so. I think we all agree that Max Holloway is going down as one of the greatest ever, man. Um, and what's going on in Max Holloway, 100%. I want to say this. He is one of the, he is the biggest winner of the weekend. Not only did he end up getting a performance bonus for his finish, extra 50K right there. He also got the fight of the night. So on top of his win and his win bonus, he got an extra 100K on top of that. So look, we already know he's the winner of the weekend for that. But he gets the respect that he deserves. And on the biggest stage with one of the biggest UFC pay-per-views, and honestly, the numbers haven't come in yet, but the gate was great. A lot of eyes were on this fight. People are now going to start looking and respecting Max Holloway as one of the greatest fighters out there. And, and he's exciting. He beats people up. He's beat up multiple champions, Jose Aldo, Anthony Pettis. He's beat prospects, Brian Ortega. He's beat old Wiley vets, Jeremy Stevens and um, Ricardo Lamas. What else do we have to see? He's beat more prospect, Andre Feely. Look at the names, man. 
The dude is a monster. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Um, if he fights Khabib, I'm not being a prisoner of the moment. I picked this when I originally thought this was going to happen. Max Holloway has the skill set and the game plan and the just all around grit that he can can and I believe will be the 155 pound champion. And I believe he would do that against Khabib if Khabib takes that. And he would defend that for a long time as well. So salute to Max Holloway. 100%. I have to say he is one of the winners of the weekend. Also, the other winner of the weekend, and again, it kind of goes without saying, it's not as important or it's not as big, but um, I have to give it to uh, Valentina Shevchenko. We have to talk about Valentina as one of the greatest women's fighters of all time. She's had two close law, two close losses, very controversial, especially the second one against who a lot of people love and think might be the, the best pound for pound at, at least number two in Amanda Nunes. So if Amanda Nunes is number two, now she has a belt. She she's in the top five of all time. She's beat Holly Holm. She's beat Ioana and Jacek. Those two right there alone are two of the greatest female fighters in history. Both of them are champions and former champions. And she's beat them both. Shevchenko was one of the best out there, man. I, I cannot wait to see what happens next. Who are they going to make her fight next? I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, they, they talked about Montano, Montano, who is the, um, the champion or was the original champion at 125 pounds, the inaugural champion, 125 pounds. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think they even respect that or even want her to be there, man. So, uh, we'll end up seeing what happened with her, but, um, great, great, uh, fight. And, uh, yo, all around, man, great fight weekend. Uh, obviously, Lomachenko did his thing. Everybody was out there doing their thing. But um, so moving to the weekends, losers, losers of the weekend. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. This fight card was so incredible. I don't have losers this week. I could say, I mean, everyone went out there and did their thing. I am most disappointed. I think Claudio Gadelia lost an opportunity, but I think that Nina Ansaroff just is, is coming to her own. So I can't really knock her, even though I will say this, I think that Claudia Gadelia did end up getting tired and she looked like she gassed out. And that's something that I don't expect from her. Um, congrats also to Diego Lima. Diego Lima, um, uh, Douglas Lima's brother, he's had his rough times in and out of the UFC. Big win this weekend, man. So all in all, look, man, it was an amazing fight weekend, amazing fight card. Um, and we have more fights this weekend. Uh, the huge fight card coming up this weekend. Aljamain, uh, not Aljamain Sterling. Um, Ally Quinta is fighting against Kevin Lee. And that's going to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Sergio Pettis is also fighting on that card. So um, I'll be back to break that down and more this week. We have fight news. We have... Um, prospect alert and uh and so much more so with that being said 
That's about all the time we have for today. This is Serge Vicente, and thank you so much for joining me on episode 59 of The Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com, and purchase merch while you're there. All right, guys, thank you once again for listening to the Fight Podcast, and I will see you next time. Oh, yo, we got a really dope guest this week, man. So please, please listen. I cannot wait to go ahead and bring that out for you guys. So, um, yo, until next time, this is Serge Vicente. Peace out.